Welcome to the Juicebox Podcast. My name is Matthew. And I'm Briley. And in this series of conversations, we'll be sitting down with the builders and community members of the Juicebox ecosystem. Today, we'll be talking with Elsie and Saran from the Sheba and the Whale. The Sheba and the Whale is the world's first Doge anime produced by BAFTA winner Saran in partnership with the Doge NFT and Dogecoin Foundation. In a world where climate change has forced everyone to go to the moon, Sheba is stuck and meets a lonely whale who agrees to get her across the open sea to the last rocket leaving the blue planet. In this episode, we'll talk about what makes the Dogecoin community special, how they're going to fractionalize the film into 10,000 collectible frames, and how they're using NFT tiers on Juicebox to fund the world's first fiction film based on a meme. We hope you enjoy this week's show. Welcome, Elsie and San. Thank you for joining us today on the JuiceCast. How's it going? It's great. Yeah, it's great. It's funny that we're talking about Shibas because Briley and I are both big fans of Shibas, and there are a few in our neighborhood. And every time <laughs> that we see one, we're always delighted. So <laughs> it's kind of nice to be talking about a breed of dog that we love. And it's also a little bit funny because Dogecoin is one of the first interactions that I had with crypto, actually way back around the Elon on SNL days of the Dogecoin narrative. So it's kind of funny, at least for me, to be coming full circle a little bit, talking about Dogecoin and the memes surrounding it. Before we dive into Shiba and the Whale, I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about your backgrounds and what you were doing before you got into crypto. So maybe we could start with Elsie. I have a pretty unique background because no one has ever guessed it, right? So I actually studied agriculture in university. I wanted to work on world hunger and all that big mission type of problems. So I went to school in Japan. So I went to university in Japan. After that, I went to Paris to get a master's. I was going to work for the UN. And I decided that I didn't want to do paperwork for the rest of my life. So I went to nonprofit after that. And that's how I discovered crypto, actually. It was from my nonprofit days. I thought of starting a DAO with my farmers. So I was working with a group of farmers promoting sustainable agriculture. And I thought about creating a digital co-op using the DAO structure with them. It was 2017. It was a bit too early. So they actually asked me if a DAO was like a WhatsApp group. I said, kind of, but not really. <laughs> so I kind of knew it was too early for that. And soon after that, I kind of discovered my passion for storytelling. And that's how I found myself in the entertainment industry. I moved to Singapore after that. And that's where I met Sun. I was doing like corporate work, like investor relations, corporate development for the company. And two years later, I got the itch to start something again. And Sun decided to come on board. So we became co-founders. So we've been doing this for three years now, ever since the start of the pandemic. So that's a bit of my background. Amazing. And Saren, do you also want to share about your background? Hi, everyone. My name is Saren. I'm a filmmaker. I specialize in producing. And in the past 14 years of my career, I have produced short films, commercials, TV series, and even feature films. And one of my films called Pose Apart, an animated short film starring Helena Bonham Carter, won a BAFTA in 2018. So this film was about a grizzly bear meeting a polar bear in the Arctic, and I made it together with my director, Paloma. So that film kickstarted my animation career, and later on I produced for Discovery Channel and a few others. 
In 2018, when I met Elsie, he introduced me to the world of entrepreneurship. So I took a leap and jumped on this journey together with Elsie. And over the past three years, we were working on a startup where we work with about 300 different creators. Some of them illustrators, some of them TikTokers, and some of them are singers. And last year, we moved into Web3. I wonder if either of you have some thoughts about what you think makes the Dogecoin community special, because at Juicebox, we're mostly involved in the Ethereum community, but the Dogecoin community also has its own particular vibe. And so I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about it for people who might be less familiar with that side of crypto. So we really got in touch with the Dogecoin community because we were working on this and we approached the Doge NFT people. So they are still on Ethereum. They have their own token, DOG. They fractionalized basically the Doge meme. So long story short, please Adele bought the Doge NFT for $4 million last year. They fractionalized it. Now there's a community around the Doge meme. And obviously they are fans of Doge. A lot of them are also Dogecoin users. And because of that, we got introduced to Dogecoin Foundation. And one of their board members really was interested in what we're doing. And he showed us this new world of Dogecoin. And that's how we got to learn more about that culture. I think Dogecoin is really interesting because from the get-go, it was supposed to be fun. It was supposed to be a joke. But they took the joke really seriously and they really used the meme to unite a group of internet strangers so that they could do really funny things together. So in the early days, they used Dogecoin to fund this Jamaican sports team to go to like the Winter Olympics. It was really fun. They also like funded a lot of interesting projects in Africa, I think, like water projects. So I think now Dogecoin is a bit more mainstream. So I don't think you find that many interesting projects now. But for instance, like recently, the original Doge, like Kabosu, just celebrated her 17th birthday. Mm. So she's still alive, she's still well, but she's very old now. So to celebrate her birthday, all the different dot coins, they all came together to start a project called Bronze the Doge. So what they're gonna do is to build a bronze statue in Kabosu's favorite park in Japan. Wow. And seriously, that was why crypto was so special because crypto allowed all these internet strangers to come together to pull resources together to make something beautiful together so i think that's what makes dogecoin interesting it's like they're not even asking anything in return they're just like let's make something interesting something cool together I wanted to expand on what Elsie said about not taking things too seriously. <laughs> because actually, I heard of crypto way before Dogecoin, but I never really got into it because I was thinking like, oh, what is it about? I don't want to like delve into something that I don't really understand. But when Dogecoin came about, I thought like, oh, it's something really funny. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Let's try it out, you know, what can happen, right? <laughs> if I just put a hundred bucks into it, let's see what happens. <laughs> But once I started getting into Dogecoin, I realized, oh, wow, crypto is really interesting. Then I started buying Bitcoin and Ethereum, and that's how it got, I got started. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting to think about the origins of Dogecoin being basically like a meme, like a joke, and then it becomes this real thing. And now it is a chain that a lot of people use. And like you said, there's this huge community that's formed around it. Because we just finished working on this Constitution DAO series, and there's a lot of parallels between these two because Constitution DAO also started like a joke, you know, it started as a meme, and then gradually this community formed around it, and people started taking it more seriously, and it grew into something else, and then other things that came out of that. So it's funny to think about these parallels. 
I think a lot of internet culture starts out as jokes. You're not supposed to take it too seriously until it becomes something serious. It's like a superhero movie. Accidentally, you are granted all this power and you have to take responsibility. You know, like with great power comes great responsibility, right? So that's how I think about it. Like when I talk to Dogecoin people, I think nowadays they are really protective of Dogecoin for many reasons. But one of them is that they've been around for a really long time and they've seen communities come and go and they're still around. <laughs> and they feel really proud of that. It's like a tiny internet nation. I think that's what crypto allows people to do. It creates this sense of identity. It brings people together. I think Dogecoin is like the OG crypto community. Like they had a symbol that they worship in a sense. They have a code of conduct. So Doge actually stands for "Do Only Good Every Day." I mean, it's not the official like statement, but it's on their website now, Dogecoin.com. Do only good every day. When I saw that, I smiled. And Dogecoin is—they call themselves like the accidental crypto movement that makes people smile. Yeah, and actually, LC owns a Shiba. Yeah, it's a Aww. Shiba. Oh yeah, I also have a Shiba. So like a real life Shiba, <laughs> like, not a coin. Not a bronze one either. <laughs> no, no. All right. So for people listening who might not be familiar, what is Shiba and the Whale? The Shiba and the Whale is an animated short film about a Shiba who wants to go to the moon to find her owner. And she engages the help of a lonely whale to cross the open sea to get to the last rocket leaving Earth. So actually, how this idea came about was also like a joke. <laughs> like we we were sitting down in our office one day. At the time, we were working on our previous startup, and things were actually quite difficult. And we were looking into NFTs and all of that. And we were looking at the crypto culture and thinking, wow, like these people are having so much fun. They're making memes. They are like making all these jokes. Like, how can we take part in this culture? So we are thinking, like, okay, since Elsie has a Shiba, and one day he was in the lift, and people were calling his uh Shiba Doge Doge Doge. So we're like, what is the story behind this Doge? Can we create a story where the Shiba meets a whale? So we were just sitting there, like talking about this idea. We came up with a few different ideas, like how the Shiba and the whale could meet and what could they do together. And we were just going around pitching to our friends. And <laughs> suddenly, one day, one of them was saying that, "Hey, I know someone from the Doge NFT community. Maybe you should tell them about this idea." So that's when we were like, "Wow, this thing is getting serious." Let's write the whole story. Let's go and hire a concept artist, draw concept art. So within two weeks, we wrote like a whole story for this, and we got the concept artist to make like twelve different frames, and then we went to the pitch, and <laughs> they really love it. And two months later, we did a pitch with the Bark Tank, so it's like their version of the Shark Tank, <laughs> where we could get like a bit of funding from them. So we received a bit of funding, and that's how the whole thing started. Like we made like a one minute trailer of the film. So uh, we were really, really proud of what we have done so far, and sometimes that's how like creative process start. Like it can be quite random, but with the right opportunities or like meeting the right people, we can really get a project started. Yeah, I definitely relate to that. It definitely seems like things started to snowball quickly, and it's really interesting because the animation has many layers to it. I mean, there's this climate change epidemic. There's like the theme of loneliness, and there's even a lot of symbolism of Web three. You know, the Shiba and the whale and the coins. And I'm wondering, like, are these themes in response to any recent events in like our physical life? So when we started writing the story, when we started taking the memes very seriously, we decided to reflect on our Web three journey, and we realized that 
like everyone wants to go to the moon. That's the meme. Everyone wants to go to the moon, but we keep telling ourselves we're all going to make it. But then when you look at what's happening in crypto, you find that a lot of people are getting hurt and a lot of issues are not being addressed. Back then, the environmental issue was definitely a big thing. But at the same time, we also realized that a lot of crypto users actually felt very insecure. They felt very lonely. They felt like they would be left behind. And we started talking to a lot of our friends. Yes, they were laughing at the whole premise of like, hey, we're going to make a movie about a Shiba going to the moon. But as we really went deep into like why they even started this crypto journey, you really realize that a lot of them really thought that they would lose out. Like FOMO was really real. And so we decided to write a story about basically the themes that we observed and also about love and loss. Because ultimately, I think, especially for us, right, for creators, what we see now is people trying to find hope in each other. They're not relying on institutions to give them a direction anymore. They're trying to rebuild communities, rebuild, in a sense, their own institutions using this technology. And so we're trying to use that story to sort of like inspire the next generation of builders and storytellers to say that this was the most beautiful part that we observe from crypto, from Web3. And we really wanted to capture that, especially that spirit of self-determination. Yeah, I really resonate with what you're saying. It feels like there's so much inequality in the space and that we really have to look to building models that are sustainable and community owned and that allow individuals to have sovereignty, not only of their assets, but of the things that they make, you know, whether that's content or writing or, you know, any other form of production. So we've watched the trailer, which is stunning. And just personally, the style reminded me a little bit of Studio Ghibli. I don't know if that was a visual reference that had come up. I'm wondering if there were any sources of inspiration for the animation. Thanks for observing that it looks like Studio Ghibli style. We actually wanted to use a really traditional type of animation to make this story because we are thinking that this is our love letter to the Web3 community. We really think like we want to export that culture to the mainstream and therefore we chose like a traditional medium to showcase this story. We want to make a new fairy tale for our next generation. I was going to just quickly add to that. I think that decision was really deliberate on our part because we noticed that a lot of crypto, a lot of NFT projects looked very, very modern. Definitely. I mean, it's very cyberpunk. It's nice. I love it. But at the same time, it can be alienating because it's very new. Like I get it, but we're trying to build a bridge between Web3 and Web2 as well. We're trying to invite them to look at, like what I said, the most beautiful part that we saw in Web3. So we wanted to use something like a visual language that was more universal in a sense that people could immediately feel that sense of familiarity. I wouldn't compare like our style to Studio Ghibli. I feel like we're still a far, far way from that. But yes, thank you for that. Thank you. It's, it means a lot to us. And we also wanted to give like a little bit of an element of surprise because a lot of times when we pitch the story, people thought it's going to be like a comedy. But when they watched the trailer, they realized that, oh, wow, it's actually quite emotional. 
Yeah, it's like a really wholesome and emotional, but also kind of uplifting visual and narrative that's being put forward right in sort of the middle of the bear market, which is kind of nice to like have that refreshing content that's being worked on and initiative being made in the space at this time. So to be honest, right, like when we started working on this project, the bear market was not a thing. Like people were still very <laughs> bullish on everything, right? So as the bear market raged on, we just decided, okay, we really need to make this happen because we really want to send this love letter to the true fans of Web3, the people who are still sticking around and to tell them that, hey, you want to go to the moon, but the moon is you. Like the moon is the people around you. Don't forget that. It's the friendships that you form along the way along the journey to the moon. That's your prize. Yeah, actually the two characters are like personas I hope that people can identify with. Like the Shiba is this hopeful, optimistic character who wants to go to the moon and wants to succeed in something. Like someone probably young and happy and hopeful. And the whale is someone who has everything, but he finds like there's something missing. So he's been lonely all his life, he has everything, but he's missing something. So when these two characters meet, there's like a bit of a clash of culture, but through each other, they find solace in their journey. And the whole idea of going to the moon is actually, oh, spoilers ahead, is actually a, a rosebud. In the film culture, it means like a goal that you aspire towards, but it's actually not the end goal. So if you finish watching the whole film of the Shiba and the Whale when we make it happen, you'll realize that the goal is not to go to the moon, but is to find that friendship in each other. That's really sweet. And I love all the symbolism that's layered in everything. Changing things up a little bit, the Sheep and the Whale has partnered with the Doge NFT and Dogecoin Foundation. I didn't even know there was a Dogecoin Foundation. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about these partnerships that you have. So we started writing a story, like a premise, and then someone told us that they knew someone from the Doge NFT community. And we finished the story. So we spoke to the Doge NFT community. We invited them to be our co-producer. So that's what we mean by a partnership. Just you want to co-produce this with us? You want to help us shape the story and especially help us get connected with the Doge community. And then uh, one thing led to another. So they kept retweeting like our stuff and then someone from the Dogecoin Foundation noticed us and he also said that I want to be a part of this. Their role is really to be like the voice of the community. Gotcha. They're officially our co-producers. They have a lot of opinions as well. I mean, if I may say so. So it's great because we're also trying out this whole new co-creation process. It's funny because that day when we had our online premiere with the Doge NFT community, they told us that they thought we were so patient with them, like because they asked so many questions and we would just answer them. And they initially thought that filmmakers, artists, creators didn't like any sort of questioning. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> not really. Like, that's the biggest problem with creators today because oftentimes, like, we work in silos in our own tiny little space and we find it so difficult to put our work out there to have feedback, like real time feedback. And I think. Maybe social media creators have a better time interacting with an audience, but I feel like filmmakers really don't get to do that a lot. So I really enjoy the whole process. 
Yeah, actually, we love feedback. <laughs> I was telling Elsie what I love about the Web3 culture is that before you even make anything, you already receive tons of feedback from your audience. But when I was like working in the traditional filmmaking culture, you get feedback from maybe your bosses or your partners, but you don't really hear anything from the audience until the film is made. But then it's too late because you can't go back and <coughs> change the film. I quite like that co-creation process with the community and I think it's what I really value about Web3. Yeah, Matthew and I relate to this a lot before getting into Web3. Our backgrounds are actually as photographers and so definitely relate with the need for feedback and how we don't always get it. And there's sort of like an emphasis to build in the open in Web3 and collaborate with community and share feedback and like help each other out that I found really inspiring. I was wondering, why did you choose to start a Juicebox project for the Shiba and the Whale? Initially, that wasn't the plan, to be very frank. So we knew that we wanted to create a fully fractionalized film. So we wrote the story with the idea of containing the entire thing within 10,000 frames. So every second of the animation has 12 frames, 12 unique frames. So when you put all of them together in a sequence, you get the whole film. So that was the original idea. So every frame would be a collectible NFT. That was the original idea because it was the bull market. We were like, okay, we're going to just do an NFT project. You can buy the NFT. We'll have the funds. We'll make the film and together we can enjoy it. So that was the original idea. But then as we kept interviewing people and then they were telling us like, hey, I want to put this amount of money. I want to put that amount of money. I really want to support this project. And I realized that it's really hard to price the NFTs because everyone just wanted to be a part of it. Maybe we should just do like a crowdfunding campaign and let people give however much they would like. So we did our research. We asked around again and they were like, hey, have you heard of Constitution DAO? So we did more research and realized that Constitution DAO actually did the crowdfunding on Juicebox. And I joined your Discord and I realized that, wow, these people are still building, like even after a year after Constitution DAO. And I really like the culture. And I was telling Sir, and I was telling everyone else, like, hey, I think these people are for real. Like, we should really just put the project on Juicebox and see what happens. Yeah, and what we really like is the governance structure that Juicebox has created. It's actually quite important to us that our community doesn't just own NFTs. They have something that they feel proud of, that they can participate in the growth of this IP together with us. Totally. Have you ever crowdfunded in the past for films or other projects? Yeah, definitely. I made a film a few years ago. It's called Let Me Kill My Mother First. And we managed to crowdfund about 42000 <laughs> to make the film. It's quite an interesting process. Uh, it's very difficult, very tough. But we managed to over... Actually, it took me about five years to get that amount. <laughs> it was when I was making the film that I met Elsie and he was telling me, oh wow, it took five years to raise 40000 Okay, maybe you can consider being an entrepreneur. Like, <laughs> come on this journey with me. So that was how like we started working together. And very recently, we also crowdfunded a separate film. It's called 302. It's based on the story of my friend's life in the army in Singapore. Because in Singapore, um, all the boys have to be conscripted at 18. So in the army, he actually declared that he's gay and he went through like a whole week in the mental institution. So I find that story very fascinating, very tragic. So I decided to crowdfund and make a short film about it. Wow. I don't know. That's just such a heavy story. <laughs> I can't imagine. It must have been so difficult to make a film about it, but also obviously it's such a compelling narrative. 
In terms of the project on Juicebox, when you contribute, you get a token of appreciation, right? So what can contributors do with that token? Like, is there a utility associated with it? Or how does this work? It's our governance token. So TOA stands for Token of Appreciation. Uh, We want TOA holders to have a very meaningful connection with the project, with the film, with the IP, with us, the creators. So we definitely want to present them some of the co-creation proposals that we have in mind. So not only are we making a film, if we have enough funds, we definitely want to make a book. We're thinking of a prequel to The Shiba and the Whale. So to let fans see what Shiba and Whale look like before the events of The Shiba and the Whale. So that's one. We also want to make more one-of-one art by inviting different artists to interpret The Shiba and the Whale in their own art style. I think that's going to be interesting. We want to appeal to the art collector's market as well. So beyond that, definitely like toy holders can use their tokens to redeem like some of the community exclusive collectibles. So basically, we're trying to create a playbook for storytellers to engage their communities in a more meaningful way, like really share their works intimately with their communities. So we're trying to talk to like authors. We're joining this writers festival soon, like just to talk to more writers and say, hey, why don't you let your communities own one chapter, own one page, own one scene or whatever, right? We're trying to use this model to inspire more creators coming to Web3 to use the tools to really own your work and to share your work, more importantly. And actually, just now, we forgot to share that before coming to Web3, our startup was about working with creators to create videos. And we were working about 300 different creators. Some are illustrators, some are singers. And it's been like a question on our mind for the past two to three years. Like, how do we help these creators monetize better and also work together with their fans to co-create something? So we moved into Web3 because we really believe that Web3 has the technology and the infrastructure to help creators work better with their fans, to co-create and also be a part of their creations. With the Shiba and the Whale, how we are going to expand the IP is also about working with different creators to develop this together. It's funny, everything that you two are bringing up, Bradley and I, are just, it's just right up our alley. Because we spent several months working in a DAO that dealt with empty photography, and it was always the same question of how do we get creators the funding that they need? How do we support creators? And how do we get artists the ability to make their work in a way that's independent, but also has a relationship with the audience? And it's so complex to make this sustainable, I think, in part because artwork is just not inherently valuable. And it it becomes valuable as a result of social connections and all these other things. And it's really a tough problem to solve. And I think Web3 isn't inherently better, but we do at least have new tools that can help us do things that we couldn't before. And I think maybe the biggest unlock is creating value between the creator and the community. So it's actually coming together between the creator and the community both. And they both create that value. And that's what can maybe help make all of this more sustainable. And it's interesting that we're talking about all of this because we also recently spoke to Kenny from Studio Dow, who is building this decentralized movie studio. Yeah, we already spoke to him. Yes. I got my green light 101 yesterday. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> As you're alluding to, they just launched with the NFT collection on Juicebox. And so they're also 
going through a lot of these same ideas of thinking like, well, how else can we approach these models? Like, how else can we make a movie? Yeah, we can make it with a movie studio and with funding and financiers and all this, but how else can we do it? Like, what other models are possible? So I love that you're both thinking through all these issues because they're so hard to solve, but they're so worth solving at the same time. Yeah, totally. I used to work on the business side of the company that we used to work in. So we were also making movies, organizing concerts. We did like VR shows, a lot of capital intensive entertainment products. And maybe that's why I'm very familiar with the process of IP building and how much money it takes. And I really believe in this, that creators should really come together and work on things together and build like a platform that they can stand on. And then they can sort of like spread that wealth around. When we were working with all the creators for our previous business, we realized that a lot of them actually saw each other more like competition instead of collaborators. And we believe that Web3 actually allows people to collaborate better because you can sort of like align the incentives and say, hey, we're co-creating this IP and we can co-own this. And if this IP grows, everyone grows. My biggest criticism <laughs> against NFT communities today is that you have too many collectors, pure collectors, too few builders. Like there are not that many builders within each NFT community. And that's why they still rely very heavily on the core team to deliver all the value, which is okay because maybe some NFT communities are designed that way. But I think creators really do have an edge in Web3 because if you can figure out how to engage creators within that community, that tokenized community, you can get them to produce a lot of amazing work, spread it out across their own audiences, and everyone gets to grow this IP together. And when this IP reaches a certain popularity, everyone gets to say, hey, I'm a part of this. This is my work. That's going to be interesting. That's what we're trying to experiment with. Can you give us the alpha of what is coming next for Shiba and the Whale? So we are launching Juicebox very, very soon. Maybe by the time the podcast comes out, it would have been launched. So you can contribute to the treasury, enable us to complete the making of the film, The Shiba and the Whale, and also a bunch of other things that we are planning, like the prequel, perhaps some real-life physical NFTs, and various ways that we can expand the IP. So another alpha that I'm dropping right now, we may or may not be making like a juice box artwork that's related to the Shiba in the Whale, and we're probably going to auction it off. So there's going to be like a special NFT that's made that's sort of a mix of the Shiba in the Whale IP and the juice box? It may or may not be an NFT. <laughs> okay, but there'll be some sort of crossover between yeah. juice box yeah. and the Shiba in the Whale. Okay, very, very cool. So... If listeners want to learn more about the project, support the project, where can they get more information? You can definitely visit our website, shibaandwhale.com. So that's one word, shibaandwhale.com. You can follow us on Twitter at shibaandwhale. We'll be posting most of our updates there. You can join our Discord. We're there. All right. If I may just add one more line. Actually, what we're trying to do is to make the Shiba and the Whale into a digital monument to preserve this moment in history because we believe that this is when internet culture really rises to a different level. We are saying that you can make a living on the internet and own the fruits of your labor. That's why when we make this film, we really want to invite builders, 
the bear market has been a great thing because whoever's left behind, they are the true believers. They really believe that Web3 has this immense promise to change how things are for billions of people on the internet. So yeah, we're hoping to receive the support of all these Web3 fans so that we can bring this to life. Doge is a great headliner. Our secret hope is to make it happen before Kabosu leaves us for good. Well, she's 17. I have a dog. I know she's well into her golden years, so I really want to make it happen. We actually sent her like a poster, the first ever printed poster of the Shima and the Whale mm. uh, to Japan. <laughs> and then we took a photo together. And I'm like, okay, that's 50% of my roadmap, right? <laughs> so <laughs> now I just need to make that film, right? That's our earnest hope. Oh, well, thank you both so much. You're, you're such a good team. I love it. Like you have these strengths that play off each other and you both bring something to the table. It's so good. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, both of you, Elsie and Saran, for taking the time to sit down with us and discuss all things Doge, funding models for films, and of course, Shiba and the Whale. We really look forward to seeing how it all comes together and of course, eventually watching the film itself. Yes, thank you so much for spending time with us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Juicebox podcast. You can find us online at juicebox.money and on Twitter at juiceboxeth. Join the conversation at discord.gg juicebox. The Juicebox podcast is for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. Views expressed by guests and the hosts do not reflect the views of Juicebox DAO or the Juicebox podcast. The Juicebox podcast is not investment advice or a solicitation to make any financial decisions. Projects on the Juicebox protocol are not vetted by Juicebox DAO. Each project on the Juicebox protocol is responsible for its own crowdfunding parameters. The tokenomics of one project may differ from other projects on the protocol. Do not purchase JBX tokens, other cryptocurrencies, or make contributions to projects in anticipation of financial returns. Please Please do do your your own research. research.